everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of One Controller Port Podcast. I missed a week. Congratulations to me. Um, I, I, I've mentioned before, things were busy the last couple weeks. Um, and then I was out of town over the last weekend. So this is, this is the first Saturday where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just chilling. Not doing too much. I, I pretty much unpacked all my stuff at this place. And then uh, I was at Portland Retro Game Expo last week. Uh, weekend? Weekend. And uh, chilled and did a lot of that. And then came back to to do my normal work job. And it was crazy for the whole week. And I hope it's not crazy next week. But we shall uh, see, probably. So... Here we are, episode 24. It could have been 25 if I recorded another episode, but alas, this is the life we live. We'll never know what episode 24 could have been if we recorded it a week earlier. Um, I looked around at the news, and it's it's always hard to decide. There's so much stuff that goes on all the time of like what to talk about, but nothing really stood out to me that much to really get too in deep on. Um... One thing that I was kind of interested to see was that there is actually a new Metal Max uh, game, or Metal Saga. I talked about it a few weeks ago. It was my first time really discovering the series, uh, and I actually bought it for PS2. I have not played it yet because I buy tons of video games and then never play them. <laughs> um, but they announced a new one for PS4 and Vita, <clears throat> and I was just surprised. I thought that series seemed like it was kind of dead based off what I had to research, but hey, apparently there's a big enough audience in Japan. Uh, I didn't look who the publisher is for that game, so it's, I don't know if anyone's trying to bring it over, but if, like, Tokyo Xanadu can come over, well, I guess Falcom is popular enough that their stuff generally makes it over. I don't know. We'll see if it gets localized. I don't think there's, like, a, a, for, like, a, a big middle saga fan base in the Americas or anything like that, or Europe. Um... But I also got a, I got Mario Odyssey last night. Play a little bit of that. I think the Jurassic area that they opened the game with is kind of dull. I kind of wanted something a bit more. Ah, well, well, there's like this hat area you start in. And it's like very like black, white, and gray, and it has a really nice look. But um, I think of like how colorful Galaxy is from like almost the start. I feel like pretty quickly you're jumping into like these really colorful worlds. And then, but with Odyssey, it's just kind of like, oh, here's this black, white, and gray area, and then now you're in Jurassic Land, and then now you're in, like, a weird desert temple thing. And I just feel like I haven't really been hit with any, like, oh, this is, like, a Mario environment. This looks really nice and creative or something like that. But, um, but I mean, it's been fun so far. I like how... How kind of easy it is to just kind of, you know, set a goal and be like, oh, I see that moon over there. I'm going to figure out how to get that moon over there and then do it. And then you, you, I would say getting moons don't feel as satisfying as like getting a star or a shine, Um, especially because there's so many. Uh, But I think it's satisfying to kind of like attack each world in like a grouping. So you say, I'm going to do all the the moons in this this world. Um, I'm really glad it's not like. There's some work like early on. There's words of being like, "Oh, it's like an open world game," and people kind of misconstrued that as like it's going to be open world versus like uh, these little pockets of open world. I really like that design of just like we're gonna make this one small area, and 
we're going to let you like free roam in this small area and do the content there. And then you can move on to another area and do the content there. It, it, it feels a lot more like there's a lot more progression. I mean, essentially it's a linear game in terms of, yes, there's one area you're going to open up and there's another area you're going to open up. You're opening these in an order. Uh, but within each of those areas, you can kind of do what you want within them. Um, and like Deus Ex does that design and uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, the original one, does that design. Uh, I think it's a real nice alternative to to a like full scale open world game where it's like there's a, definitely a feeling of progression that happens where in um, other titles like Xenoblade Chronicles X, you can kind of go and do whatever you want to start. Really, the only limitation is the player itself. And as you get quests, it like pulls you into these other areas, but then you're always going back to these previous areas to do things. And I don't know, I kind of like tackling one area at a time and then moving on to another area. Uh, but maybe that's just me being an old man who likes linear game design. Um, so yeah, I just started Mario Odyssey. I got maybe like 20 or so, so moons. So I'm still still very, very early on. No, no, new dog, no, no new dog city yet. That's a word. Um, and then I also beat uh, Peach Beach Splash's main story. Um which has a really silly last boss that is very obviously inspired by Splatoon. I know a lot of people like call that game a Splatoon ripoff, but mechanically that game is nothing like Splatoon. Um, but the last boss definitely seems like it took a cue. <laughs> uh, it's pretty silly and it's way too easy once you level up all your guns and stuff. I did try to play some competitive online. It was like 10 o'clock Pacific time, so... I did try to play again, and the player base seems kind of dead. So maybe tonight, like on, it's a weekend, play it like earlier in the afternoon. Maybe, maybe I'll get more likely to get some matches in. But, but I'm sad that the competitive scene of that game is just kind of. It seems like it's struggling. Uh, I would like to play a lot more competitive uh, Peach Beach Splash, um, but it takes a while to grind. To the point that you're you're viable in that mode. If you don't have level ten characters and uh, gear, um, you're kind of a burden on the team. Uh, I also beat Breath of Fire two finally after ye uh, months at the very least. It's probably been a lot longer than that. I actually might be able to tell you once I get to the fortune cookie section uh, how long it's been that I've had that marked as being played on on backloggery. Um, and that's a, that's a fine game. I might write something about it, but sometimes with those games, it's like, I don't really know what to say other than this is a very, this is one of those, it's a 16 bit JRPG. And I think if, like, if I think about it in the context of other Square Enix RPGs, um, it's, it's kind of underwhelming, but if you never played like a Final Fantasy or Chrono Trigger, um, I think Breath of Fire 2 is probably a pretty decent game and it definitely has a kind of a different feel to it to some extent um there's a lot of interesting uh kind of like overworld mechanics that uh the final fantasy games didn't really have outside of mystic quest where you're like each character has an ability or a skill that helps them you know traverse the world uh but in the case of like a golden sun on the game boy advance where using those skills is like feels like it's a puzzle solving thing you're like using that to progress through the world sometimes in uh breath of fire 2 it feels kind of like a burden it's like oh now i have to have this character and i have to go all the way back to go change it it's it's kind of a pain so yeah that's kind of a summary of all the video game stuff i've been doing 
Um, I'm still trying to get to getting back to Valkyria Revolution. Um, Final Fantasy XI uh, needs to happen. And basically, I'm playing way too many video games right now. And then I picked up Mario Odyssey because I'm a dummy. So, but I beat Breath of Fire 2, and uh, Pete's Beach Blast, I'll probably play more. There's still, like, some side story stuff I haven't done, um, and there's also some other single-player content. Uh, the survival mode, I've been playing with some friends, and I would like to complete the survival mode. Um, I think we've beaten, like, three or four of the areas right now, so... And I think in total there's eight, maybe ten. Um, but yeah... Uh, but yeah, I did go to Portland Retro Game Expo last weekend, and that was, that was good fun. I didn't really find any deals. Um, the year before when I went, I did find, like, some, like, games that were generally, like, $10 more expensive, and I'm like, oh, yeah, like, Mega Man X Command Mission, a complete copy, 20 bucks. I think it's closer to, like, $30, usually, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and then, like, Spectrobes, um, Spectrobes, what's it called? The second Spectrobes, I can't remember, Beyond the Portals, I believe? I, I just made a video about Spectrobes not that long ago. <laughs> um, uh, I got that for like $5 as well, so it was fairly cheap. This year I spent a lot more money and didn't really find any deals. It was more just stuff that I've been wanting to get. Um, Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine for Nintendo 64. That game is going up in price because 64 games are going up in price, but it's still at that kind of like this is a normal price for a video game kind of thing. Um, I also got, a uh, Opuna, which again is like 30 bucks. That's about right. Um, Wizard of Oz for Nintendo DS. There's like three Wizard of Oz games on Nintendo DS, but the one specifically, uh, I picked up is the, the Exceed one, which is kind of like a JRPG kind of thing from what I remember. It's been a long time since that game came out. Uh, but that was 30 bucks as well. I was like, that's pretty much the normal price. Pretty much I was saving on shipping and resting easy of like knowing this, 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 uh, the casing and art and all that stuff is in a, a condition and quality that I am happy about. Um, I did find a copy of Covert Ops Nuclear Dawn, um, which I would like to play eventually. It's like a uh, a Resident Evil kind of game in terms of like it's a tank controls and you have to like manage your inventory and resources, but it's also you're on a train with like Russian military <laughs> personnel, so it's not like shambling zombies. It's guys that have like assault rifles and things like that. Um, but that was like five bucks, maybe pretty cheap. Uh, I picked up some imports, uh, Alice in Cyberland. I'm not sure what kind of game that is. It's a PlayStation 1 game. Um, I did see there's like, it's like a, it's like a turn-based, turn-based RPG where you can kind of choose short, mid, or long-range attacks, but I'm not really sure what the strategy is behind that, and it also looks like you might be able to change characters mid-combat. Uh, the animations are actually really nice for the combat. The camera is just, like, zoomed in so close for some reason, though. It's, I think it's trying to make it look more dynamic, but I, I wouldn't say it really does that. And then, uh, I also picked up some game, it's called, like, Veldus, Veldus, Bells, Bellsda or something. I was looking at the Japanese name, it's like, I can't read this, because I can read some katakana and hiragana. But then I looked at the English name, because a lot of, like, uh, uh, CDK's Japanese imports will have the English name on the side as well for some reason. I don't know why they did it. Um, and I still couldn't read it, even in English, so I didn't feel so bad. <laughs> um, but it's got a fantastic opening 
uh, theme, which I think I might put at the beginning of this podcast because, like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, I probably bought more. Oh, Ghost in the Shell for PS2. I did buy that too. That's a that's a nice looking game. I I think I'll enjoy that. Uh, I posted pictures on my Twitter if you want to go look at it. At O C U L I N is my Twitter. I I my my Twitter feed's kind of all over the place. There's a lot of ups and downs. <laughs> so so enjoy that if you go look at it. It's a lot of retweeting things. Um but yeah, and then I also went to some panels at the Portland Retro Game Expo. I saw Retronauts, went to see the Gaming Historian. Um, um, who else did I see? Uh, Chris Kohler for the Retro Game Roadshow. Frank Sfaldi did an unreleased NES games panel. All great stuff. If they post, it up, if they post their stuff up on uh, YouTube or anything like that, I would highly recommend watching those panels. They're, they're good. Uh, the Retronauts one was interesting because it does bring in some of the... the um, the western metal gear solid development team uh so people who not development team but like westerners who worked on metal gear solid 4 and portable ops and things like that um and their perspective on what happened and and during game development and how they had to like help shift the uh the the game to satisfy more western appeals <laughs> than uh then uh the japanese team alone felt like they could i think that's probably all i'm gonna talk about for portland retro game expo i could probably talk about more i beat time crisis 2 while i was in portland not at portland retro game expo but at ground control um but i don't really have too much more to say so i think we're just gonna go into our fortune cookie segment while i'm here and i'm thinking about it you know what? I lied. I, I don't have breath. How long I was playing Breath of Fire 2 anymore. So, sorry. I'm a disappointment to you all. Um, I'm a failure, and I'm ending this podcast right now by opening this cookie. You know, it's like, I like, <laughs> my favorite thing about the fortune cookie section is like, I don't know what I'm going to get beforehand. I mean, I obviously have my, my own collection of games, and so I know what's in there. And, uh, Sometimes you don't have a great reason to talk about a lot of these games, even though I, I'm pretty excited about a lot, a lot of them. Uh, you know, stuff like Gone Home, it was a lot harder. So this time, I got Excite Truck. So Excite Truck is a game I should have more memories of, but I don't. Um, <laughs> I, I really wanted Excite Truck around launch uh, of the Nintendo Wii, and I was originally going to buy it. Uh, but then IGN posted a review of Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz. And Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz was a game I wanted, and it got a high review score, and I was like 16 and dumb. And I was like, oh, well, if it got a higher score, that means it's going to be more valuable to my money because I don't have a lot of money because I'm a teenager, and money is money. Um, so I did not get Excite Truck. I got Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz and regret it. Uh, because that game is not great. Motion controls cause problems. Excite Truck, however, I did finally pick up for like $5 a few years ago. It was around the time Mario Kart 8 was coming out. I picked it up. And man, do I like Excite Truck. It's like, it's a game that makes you rethink how you have to race. Because coming in first place doesn't mean you win. 
um, what happens is you have a uh, point system. So you have these stars. Uh, and as you, you race on the track, uh, you know, damage other cars, do tricks, do jumps, uh, go at high speeds, you know, like pass by trees and stuff without colliding with them, but still getting close enough that it's like really dangerous. Uh, you build up these points and then where you get in the race, like first, second, third or fourth, uh, also gives you a number of points. So if you come in first, you're going to get more points than the person who comes in second at the end of the race. But because it isn't dependent on you coming in first, um, you, uh, you race really differently. You're thinking about how do I maximize my score? And honestly, if you're, if you try to get as far ahead of the pack as possible, you're not maximizing that score. Uh, I would maybe associate it to, uh, kind of like how Mario Kart, um, where, you know, there's a whole kind of mind game with the blue shell where you want to stay in second because you don't want to be the one getting hit by the blue shell. Uh, but then um, at the end, you want to kind of like pass by and get through at the end. Um, except for in the case of that, I feel like it's annoying. Where in Excite Truck, it feels more strategic because you're building up this, these points by, you know, staying in the pack, slamming into people, you know, wrecking other cars to get more points, you know, um doing tricks going out of your way to get these additional points and becoming in first is important uh because it does give you more points uh but it's not like just racing with the sole goal of coming in first place uh will generally make you fail you won't have enough points usually especially towards the end you know beginning you can kind of do whatever probably and you'd probably still win uh, but towards the end of the game, not only do you have to race, you know, really well, you have to be aggressive while racing and you also have to get in first still, but you can't put that distance between you yourself and the pack because you're going to miss out on a lot of stars and points. So I really love how Excite Truck makes you rethink how you should be racing, um, because I feel like with Mario Kart, if you if you're playing with people who aren't quite to your level, or even just with AI, um, ultimately you end up in first place. And you know the blue shells matter, but at the end of the day, they kind of like if you're playing well enough, they don't. You you can you can blow past people. I mean, if you go online and you start playing against like high skilled players, then sure, there's definitely a a, a higher level of of skill there. Um, <laughs> saying skill with a Mario Kart game sounds a little weird, but I've definitely gotten worse and worse at Mario Kart over the years. So I, I can, I can probably vouch and saying, uh, I think there is a level of skill in Mario Kart, uh, even if it is not a hundred percent required to win. Um, but yeah, I just, I played excite truck and then I got Mario Kart eight, maybe a few months later and played that. And I was just like, man, I'm just so done with Mario Kart. Excite Truck was so fantastic. Uh, I have a copy of Excite Bots. I got it for like three bucks. Uh, I haven't played it yet, but you know, with any game I pick up, you know, I'm excited to get it. I'm excited to play it. Um, but with anything, it's just it's the time commitment and like being in the mood and being ready for it. I feel like as someone who plays games, I probably focus too much on being in the mood to play specific games. If I'm not 
in a good mood for it, sometimes I can't really enjoy it. Um, a big reason why I haven't played Fire Emblem so long is that I gotta be in a specific mood to enjoy Fire Emblem. Uh, and Radiant Dawn was kind of the last one of that. That was around, like, what, 2009? Something like that? I don't remember when that came out. Um, you know, obviously, those Fire Emblem series has gotten, like, a lot easier these days. Uh... So maybe it wouldn't wouldn't feel as demanding as it used to uh, if I were to play newer ones. But I think at some point there's also where like, oh, there's like five Fire Emblem games on 3DS alone. And it's like, I'm never going to play all those. I'm never going to catch up to those. So I'll probably just wait to see what happens on Switch. I don't like playing games on portable if I don't have to. So if they release something on Switch and I got some free time, which I'm sure I never will, um, <laughs> I might give it a shot. Same thing with Pokemon. I'm like, I... Eventually, there's so many you don't know where to start. Um, so, yeah. So I guess that's that's gonna do it for this week. I hope I I feel pretty good about how I talked about Excite Truck. I'm very happy. Sometimes I get those fortune cookies and I don't know what to say, or my my feelings are so complicated that I end up saying like stuff I don't really want to about a game. And Excite Truck, I feel really good with that description. Um, I think the biggest problem with Excite Truck is that the multiplayer is not uh not quite there it didn't have online when it launched and i think it's only two players and when you're playing two players i think you might be the only two players on the on the track which seems like a really boring way to play that game i could be wrong about that second part i only played a single player but i really loved it a single single player game um i don't know if it's still cheap these days but if you can find it cheap and just like want to try a different kind of racing game i i would highly recommend trucking out excite truck um Monster Games did a really great job, I believe. I believe they they worked on that one, Monster Games. Um, And I'd be curious to see what they do original next. I think they've been doing mostly like port work uh, lately. Um, So I would love to see what they do. Nintendo's American development teams outside of Retro Studios have kind of fallen off the the, uh, face of the planet a little bit. Next Level Games, I mean, which isn't a Nintendo studio, but Next Level Games has been doing good work for Nintendo as well. I'm actually not sure what they're doing right now. Um, last thing I remember them doing was Luigi's Mansion's Dark Moon. So That's going to be it for this week. Thank you guys all for, for being patient with me. Um, I hope to have something up within the next um, week. Uh, I might do something small to get started again. Um, I definitely have a lot of stuff that is, uh, in the queue, so, uh, if I can, I'll, I'll try to get, start getting some of that moving so we can get a steady stream of content coming out again soon, so, thank you guys, and you have a great week, goodbye!